Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal. I'm Kyle. I'm C. And because I'm introducing it, uh, that means that you guys are here for Blood, Sweat, and Teal and fun. Last time, last time we did this, we did the prospect pool party, uh, where we decided what prospects would be fun at a pool party. If you haven't listened, it's completely ridiculous, but you kind of maybe learn a little bit about prospects. This time, instead of doing the adult pool party, we might save that for later, we decided to bring a series that's been written about on the site. So some people have written sh- uh, familiar faces in new places. So we decided to blow that out and do it on the podcast. So we're going to go through all the guys that played for the Sharks and tell you where they are now, just so you know, and we're probably going to make fun of them a lot. Yeah, we're mostly focusing on guys that are still currently in the league. Except for one exception. Uh, well, yeah. We will get might, to him. There might be a couple exceptions, because I know I have one that I want to talk about who didn't play this year but i don't have i don't have any if you leave the sharks you're dead to me <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah we we got you know just a couple exceptions but mostly guys who at least within the last like two years have still been in the league in some way shape or form there's so, they're, they're sharks alumnus yeah they still they still get the email asking for like money to donate <laughs> it's a university joke yeah <laughs> we're going <laughs> deep here uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, the whole idea of familiar faces in new places is that they're still they're guys who are still going in the league. And they get to play the Sharks once, twice, possibly four times a year. Yeah, so do you want to just dip into, we're going to kind of go by division, go team by team, who's got who. <laughs> dip, let's dip into the Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting right. better at this. We're 11, we're 12 episodes in and uh, we're, we're just getting so good at this. We are knocking out these transitions like nobody's business. All right, I'm just going to say a word. It's going to be Daddy. My favorite defenseman. <laughs> Which is depressing for numerous reasons. Yeah. But. No, like, I acknowledge, I openly acknowledge that Jason, Jason Demers is not great at hockey, but I still, like, personality-wise, he I just am so drawn to him, and he's such an active defenseman. He's so entertaining to watch. He was really good in Dallas, and, and with the Sharks, too. He had, like career high offensive years i think with the sharks so like he's just he's fun to watch i like him he's a fun guy so for people that don't know uh jason demers was a sharks draft pick i think in like the fifth round fun fact if you go back and he was almost seventh round yeah he was like the end of the seventh round so that brings me to my point that if you go back and look at his draft, there's actually two dudes named Demers that were drafted yes. <laughs> by the Sharks. One yes. was like Julian Demers or some shit like that, who's like American or some weird shit. And Jason Demers is French, most likely. I don't think he's, yes. uh, he's related he's French, to Canadian. And uh, you're saying his name wrong because of that. It's Demer. It's Demers. Jason Demer. Yeah. But uh, he goes by Demers because, well, he played in San Jose. <laughs> and it's way easier to say Demers. But anyway, Jason Demer. He was drafted by the Sharks a long time ago, uh, was one of the young, burgeoning defensemen, and then he got traded for everybody's favorite whipping boy, Brendan Dillon. Yeah, I'll go through a little more detail on his history, actually, because he was drafted the same year... You do love him, so it's okay. I do. Uh, Same year as Logan Couture. So if you go back in Sharks history a little bit further, Jamie McGinn was drafted in the second round of the year before that. Then they traded up to get Logan Couture in the first round of the following year. Um, because those two were line mates and juniors. They were, like, the top line. They were awesome. Basically, all the scouting reports are like, Jamie McGinn is useless if you don't also get Logan Couture. And then they never played them Boy, together. were so they So the three wrong. of them <laughs> were at development camp the same year. The Jason Demers got invited as uh, just a 
uh, what's it called, a guest or whatever to their development camp, and then the sharks ended up drafting him. A, a guest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, like, you know, who was the guy at the rookie tournament this year who was, like, amazing and everyone's like, but he's not uh, actually uh, ours. Booger. What's his name? Booger? Mahogan? <laughs> Mahogan? The guy's, like, five foot one. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he was like that, basically, where he was there... He's not Dugan? actually, I have no idea. I literally could not tell you what his name is. It was. sounds like a booger or something. It yeah. sounds like a weird disease. So uh, he wasn't actually part of the shark system yet, but they kind of were like, hey, maybe we'll see what you're, what you're about. And they ended up drafting him, but it was very, very late in the draft. So he almost went undrafted. I think there's this really, really great article that interviewed him and his dad that talk about it, how he just expected to go undrafted. And then they were already kind of exploring what they were going to do if he went undrafted. And he ended up on the Sharks. Um, he spent a couple years in Worcester with Couture and McGinn, and they were all kind of, the three of them were up and down in the system together. And they were all best friends. They were the three best and friends. And one of them became a superstar. And <laughs> I don't need to tell you which one it was. <laughs> yes. So... Imagine being so wrong in your analysis that you said you have to have Logan Couture and Jamie McGinn. Right. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I, you know, alternate Sharks history is that they actually got put on the same line instead of Logan Couture getting paired with Ryan Clough and, like, Jamie McGinn just getting thrown to the wolves in the bottom six and expected to do well. But also, Jamie McGinn has a um, chronic back condition that I think really affected him. He had surgery, like, right before he ended up getting called up to the Sharks, like, full-time. So... Just kind of a sad situation that didn't play out the way that the Sharks had hoped. And with Demers, it was... His trade he, They was, shouldn't have traded him. They shouldn't have traded him. No, I'll say it. That, that was a result. I mean, that was a really bad season. A very bad season. A incredibly bad season. Yeah, and I think, I, think at the t- <laughs> yeah, I think at the time, too, the thinking was like, let's swap out this young guy who has lived up potential for another young guy that hasn't lived up to potential um, and see if a change of scenery kind of works out. Brendan Dillon's more of a shutdown guy. Demare is more of an offensive guy. They kind of swapped, see what would happen. It was, yeah, that they was were the also, thinking. you know, balancing, you know, right and left-handedness at the time too, I believe, because they're opposite. And then what I still kind of have always said about that trade is that it was punishing the locker room. Jason Demare's was beloved in San Jose uh, and in that locker room and in the organization. I mean, even now... Go watch Holiday Sweater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just uh, We're going to give you a minute. Go watch it. Remind yourself how wonderful he is as a person and then come back to us. <laughs> uh, he's the best. Yeah. So now that you're back from watching Holiday Sweater, um, <laughs> every, every time that Demers' new team, because he's been on three teams since, plays the sharks like you can just like randy han talks about him still like he's like you know part of the organization like they they just loved him so i think when you've got a locker room that's that frustrated and doing so badly everyone loves jason demare so to me it felt like that trade was kind of doug wilson looking at the that horrible team and going like if you guys can't get your shit together you can't have any fun so I'm going <laughs> to take Jason Demers away <laughs> <laughs> oh what a spiteful man <laughs> like that's what it felt like and I brought that up on the site before and people are like that wasn't that wasn't what he was doing like we needed whatever and it's like no come on we like, needed sandpaper in the they lineup. were bad Doug Wilson was punishing them. Like, yeah, and I mean, like at the time, like Jason Jason Demers wasn't doing like he wasn't lighting the world on fire. No, but uh, 
So, like, it was, like, defensible at the time, especially because Brendan Dillon had a lot of early hype. Like, this guy could win a Norris in his future. He's pretty good. Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, nope. <laughs> well, he, Whoops. he was also, here's the thing. That was when Dallas's defense was garbage. He was, like, skating on their top D-pairing. So he was handling. Yeah, he was actually all right. He was handling heavy minutes. Was the big takeaway from that? It wasn't even that like he was super super good on that top pairing, but he could handle heavy minutes, and I think that was very appealing. Yeah. So I'm gonna read you the teams that Jason Demer has played for: Sharks, yep. Dallas, yep. Florida. Currently on Arizona Coyotes, he also played for a team, and I don't know how to pronounce this because I'm not from Finland. Ulan Karpeat. Oh, during the lockout? <laughs> sure. Does that count? Do we? <laughs> it's on his. It's on his Wikipedia. Okay. Well, <laughs> he played in Uluin Energia Arena with two E's and the capacity of six thousand six hundred and fourteen. Beautiful. <laughs> wow, they've been around since nineteen forty-six. Side note: His girlfriend uh, is on Broadway, or she's been in like Broadway tours and stuff. She is beautiful and she's friends with like all of these broadway people that i love so i want them to get married <laughs> i'm just gonna say that that's just he's out there and, living my dream life <laughs> and one more thing a uh, happy hanukkah to jason demers because he's yes! half jewish yes happy hanukkah i i love him so much um <laughs> my first ever twitter twitter interaction with him was that i told him i was going to get him a uh you told him you were going to call him daddy, and he was like, ah. Uh. Actually, it was, like, something, like, <laughs> it was a sign, like, one of those, like, wall art things or something that's, they're super tacky, and it was something, like, I can't remember, it was supposed to be, like, about a dadder, a dadder, wow, a dad and a daughter, like, you know, the daughter calls, <laughs> like, I already have a prince and I call him daddy or something like that. So it's like, like in context, it's obviously supposed to be like about an actual dad to daughter. But like, if you think about it, it's weird. And I told him I was going to get it for him. <laughs> I already he have has never once interacted with you again. <laughs> I, I call him daddy. <laughs> and he liked that tweet. I bet you his Broadway girlfriend calls him daddy too. Stop. You're not. So, you're not alone. <laughs> so he liked that tweet, and we have had a number of Twitter interactions since. Um, we talked about oh, city and color. Aren't you fancy? Yeah, we talked about city and color because he likes city and color because he's smart and he likes good music. Um, and then there's the it's hockey actually conversation, which is my pinned tweet. I will never unpin it. It's really great. When I went to Florida to see him play last year, I um, had a sign that just was that tweet. <laughs> like I just put that tweet on a sign. <laughs> it was like at Spalings. It's hockey, actually. It was really funny. So, yeah. I, I just love Jason Demers. The takeaway from this is that Jason Demers is probably an average to okay hockey player, but C loves him with all of her heart. <laughs> He's such a good person. And if you need a when... reminder, we'll give you another pause to go watch the holiday sweater. <laughs> <laughs> we also, in the notes, uh, when we sent when I sent this over because I did the research, uh, it says Arizona-Daddy. <laughs> just for the record, because... Why he has that nickname is beyond me, but uh, at least he ran with it. I love him. We could probably talk. We could probably have the Jason Demers specific pod. Do you know? Do you think you'd come on a podcast if we just talked <gasps> about him the whole time? 
Oh my god! I bet you he would. He That's... seems like the kind of guy that would be like, I'd come on your podcast okay. for fifteen minutes. So we have like a small group of fans. I'm not going to pretend like that we're like this huge podcast or anything. But we have Mr. and Mrs. Tosok will be very upset <laughs> that you called them small. <laughs> we have like a small, dedicated group of fans. Get Jason Demers on my podcast, please. <laughs> yes, if anybody knows anybody, please make this happen. I could probably reach out to people and like do this like through official channels, but. Well, let's do it through non-official channels. How about shout out to our friends at KNBR. You guys are a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hook us up. Hook us up. Get me Jason Demers because I if I go through official channels, I'll have to be like, oh, this is a super serious podcast where we talk about But sports. we want to make it not serious no. and we promise that we'll stay on the East Coast and he can be in whatever city he wants. <laughs> I just want to vibe with Jason Demers on like everything. I want this to be absolutely insane. So yes, make that happen for me. Yes. Moving on. We're looking at we're looking at UK NBR. <laughs> uh, moving on. Beat LA has uh, former shark, <laughs> Tori and Mitchell. actually somebody that I love, Tori Mitchell. Really, you love Tori Mitchell? <laughs> I thought Tori Mitchell was going to be very good. <laughs> In hindsight, it's twenty twenty, and I'm not gonna. St- <laughs> So wait, let's backtrack, because earlier you said, imagine being so off the mark that you thought you had to have Jamie McGinn and Logan Couture, and then you also just said, I thought Tori Mitchell was going to be very good. Well, you see, he was fast. Okay. He had, uh, so he went to Hotchkiss School of the Nepsack League, whatever the (laughs) that is. He had 49 points in 26 games. Then he went to... And then he had 62 points in 25 games the next year. Then he went to the University of Vermont, where he had 30 points in 38 games. Then he had 40 points in 38 games, and then 35 points in 39 games. He had a pretty good career. It looked like he could be a scorer. He was a burner. He was fast. He was French. Everybody loves a French sniper. Went to the Worcester Sharks, put up 7 points in 11 games. Whatever. Please sure. say Worcester He was probably again. tired. He was pro- Pardon? Can you please just say Worcester again? Worcester. You said Worcester. <laughs> Wooster? I don't know. Whatever. I'm French. Come see, come saw. So, Worcester or Wooster? Worcester. 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 So, the Worcester Sharks, he played after his university career there. And then he, for some reason, in the 2007-2008 season, he played 82 games with the Sharks. It's weird because, like, every, literally in every year, I mean, the year before that and then every year after that, except for, what, 11-12? He was up and down. He was in both. Oh, I guess. Yes. No. And then, yeah, just random season in there. I mean, I guess that's kind of like like Barclay <laughs> Gaudreau or like Mirko Mueller, where they're just like, they had a random season where they played a crap ton of games. So, with the so Sharks. he went 07, 08, he played all season with the Sharks, every game with the Sharks. 08, 09, he played with Wooster two games. Then he got called up and he just got blank stats, so I don't think he played. That might have been the lockout year. 09, uh, 10, no. he played. 56 games with the Sharks and 5 games with Wooster. 10-11, he played 66 games. 11-12, he played 76 games with the Sharks. And then in 12-13, he played 45 games with the Minnesota Wild and 2 games with the San Francisco Bulls of the ECHL. That's hard to do. Not many players make the the ECHL-NHL leap in the same year. Like, you don't often play in both leagues. Like, last year there were only four. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but there were only four players who did that last year that played in the ECHL and the NHL. They were all goalies. So... <laughs> Good for Tori. Yeah, that's uh, just Then like he went to the Wild. Stat. Then he... 
<laughs> to be that guy. Then he went to the Sabres. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird that he played two games with the Bulls and then 45 <laughs> games with the Wild. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Also, one of these seasons, he gruesomely broke his leg. <laughs> he he got like tripped or fell or something on it on the old icing rules where you had to skate as fast as you could to the puck and try to kill yourself on the boards, and he fell and shattered his leg into the boards. It was disgusting. But then the reason that he stayed in my life is because he played for the Habs for four years, including this season before he got traded. And there was a playoff series about two years ago where he went wild and scored a goal in three games of action, but the goal was like an overtime goal, and he's from Quebec, so it was like this huge thing. He's not that good. I'm just an idiot. No. Okay, so I'm actually looking at this whole thing with him and the the Bulls. So what happened was he signed with the Wild right before the lockout. And what's really like weird to me, though, is that, okay, so this 2012, that's after the the structure as we know it right now with the development leagues happened because before there was the IHL, there was the ECHL, there were a lot of third tier leagues essentially. So now it's officially like there's the AHL and then the ECHL and that is it. Those are the only ones affiliated with the NHL. But before that, it was different. So basically this lockout happened after the ECHL was established as the primary third tier development league. So all players who were AHL eligible got assigned to their AHL teams during the lockout. So like if it were the Sharks this year, Timo Meyer would have played with the AHL. Kevin LeBanc would have played with the e- uh, the AHL. No one else on that team would. Oh wait, well, Joachim Ryan and Tim Heed. And then that's it. No one else is AHL eligible. So what that did was it pushed a lot of then like AHL players down to the ECHL, right? Because the AHL was suddenly flooded with these players. So the ECHL gets overloaded. And then all of the NHL players either had to play abroad or play in the ECHL because they weren't eligible <laughs> to play in the AHL. <laughs> Imagine like Carey Price just shows up in 2012 and is like, hey guys, I'm going to play in the ECHL. <laughs> the ECHL that year was loaded. And actually that the lockout was kind of good for the ECHL. Uh, I hate to phrase it that way, but it really was because it boosted attendance, like, hardcore, and it made the games more competitive. I wrote a whole, that whole piece on Kyle Bushy and his journey through the, the ECHL, and it's, like, surprising that he got a contract that year because there were just so many players who were like, yeah, all right, I'll play in the ECHL. So, yeah, going back to Tori Mitchell, he played, <laughs> here, he played his first official game as a bull two days after he signed a standard contract with them and scored the only regulation goal for the team at their home arena in a 2-1 shootout loss. I told you, I told you, I told you he was good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> go Tori You know what I just realized too? He probably went to San Francisco because he was still living in San Jose at the time. Yeah. <laughs> So, Tori didn't work out the way I thought he was. I w- I, when I was younger, I thought, man, this guy just needs a break. He's not getting put on the right lines. Up yours, Ron Wilson, you shitty coach. Nope, he's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, so, he it sucks that he ended up on the Habs because he's, you know, the whole... That doesn't so, suck. He's French. Well, that's the thing, is that they, they sign people literally because they're French and then go, oh, wait. <laughs> but he, he just, was actually, like, he was, like, a pretty decent fourth liner on that team. I'm not gonna lie. I, w- I watch a lot of Habs. Not he, this year. Uh, he was no, no. That's why they traded him. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, even his but the first last two years, year with them, though, when he initially Yeah, he played got 14 traded, games, yeah. and then he played 71 and 78. Yeah. I don't know. He, he was serviceable. He's a fourth-line guy. It's better than having, like, Dwight King on your fourth line. Fair. But he's now This a, is the most anybody's ever talked about Tori Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. He's now a Los Angeles king, so we hate him. That's just... Yeah, up yours, Tori. Go home. <laughs> Suck it. Go back to Quebec. Um, <laughs> moving on, I don't think we need to talk at length. According to Gary Galley, future Pavel Bure, Nikolai Goldobin, plays for the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> yeah. Don't know why he said that, but okay. I Immediately went on to rip Goldobin. Poor Goldobin. He's I getting mean, a I deal. really don't have a lot to say about Goldie. I like him. Like, I'm Goldie positive. We just... We had so much hope for him, you know? That's, what's, we, we it's, need, that's we, what sucks. Is that we always but we like, needed Yannick Hansen. <laughs> he's just that player that you're always like, maybe this year he's going to break through. And he, like in the preseason, he scores like one goal, and you're like, yeah, Goldie's on fire. And then you're like, this kid's never going to be in the, the To be fair, though, he never really like played. No. He was only there for like two years or three years. So like yeah. maybe he's going to break through. Like He never really got a shot. We no. don't need to rehash the gold opener. I mean, we've no. heard this like yeah, a thousand it's just, times. It's um, sad, but you know, it, it is. He's, it is. he's he's he'll be in the KHL. Yeah, soon enough. <laughs> poor guy, poor guy too. Because I used to follow him on Instagram, and he was awesome. Uh, yes. Anyway, we still love you, Goldobin. Come on our podcast. You knock uh, off <laughs> Nick Jonas. The <laughs> <laughs> discount store. He's the Russian equivalent of Nick Jonas. <laughs> he's like a Russian Jonas cousin or something. <laughs> oh, do you think he eats cake by the ocean? Stop. You know that's... <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I'm sure you know. <laughs> the rest of the joke is that I don't know which Jonas brother is which. I just know one of them is in dance. And oh. he sings cake by the ocean. Oh and Vancouver's no, on the, the ocean. Wrong, you're on the wrong Jonas brother then. <laughs> I don't care. It's a Jonas brother's joke. This is a hockey just, podcast. You knew what the song cake by the ocean is about. and No. I'm assuming it's like cocaine or something. No. Oh my god. It's sex on the beach. That's what... <laughs> but like literal sex on the beach like it's about going down on someone by the huh. ocean like the beach seems to be a good setting for going down on people like b44 <laughs> their music video was on the beach like there's literally that lyric that's the goddamn see you licking frosting from your own hand like that's i've never actually delved into the lyrics because it's a just a radio jam that i just jam out to in my car yeah. Uh, gonna have to take a second look at this. Yeah, that's Maybe it's better than I thought. Entirely about oral sex. Hmm. <laughs> this is not a family friendly podcast. It's the, it's it's the it's the flow ride of method of success. Every three years put out a song about going down on somebody like uh whistle or yeah. low or whatever that one was called. Yeah. Uh, right round. Lollipop, yes. So <laughs> Lollipop was fifty cent. Come I know, on. But I'm just throwing out songs that are about going down on people. So Okay. So yeah. Goldobin, uh, do not do that, please. <laughs> or do it. I don't care. Whatever. It's up to you, man. Uh, it's your world. Okay. Las Vegas. Wait, are we skipping Edmonton? Oh, we're saving Edmonton. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh so Vegas just got my boy Ryan. Uh, Captain Carpenter. Jesus, Ryan Carpenter. <laughs> Captain Jesus. Uh, so, so, so the joke is that Ryan Carpenter had a Bible verse in his Twitter, and now he's going to Sin City. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I believe in you. I have to tell my favorite Ryan Carpenter story. Go for it. So, I was covering the Barracuda Western Conference Final last year. I live in Michigan. They were playing the Grand Rapids Griffins. It was like perfect opportunity. It was great. It was wonderful. Totally awesome experience. I got to talk to a very sad and sweaty Timo Meyer because they had just lost the series. That's his natural state. <laughs> yeah. He's very large and he was very sad and 
very sweaty and half naked. It was very strange. Just like the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. But it was, it was cool. It was a cool experience and everything. So I walk out of Van Andel and Van Andel's kind of like on this corner sort of. Um, and I come out this weird little side door and I had a friend with me and he was just waiting for me to get done with my interviews and stuff. So I texted him and I'm like, Hey, meet me at Bob's, which is the bar across the street from Van Andel. But like I said, it's kind of like on this corner. So the, the bar was like on the opposite corner. So you have to cross two streets to get over there. So I cross the one street and I'm just waiting for the light to change. And I'm texting Kyle and I'm like, Hey, like come meet me at the bar. And different Kyle. Different Kyle. Yes. Kyle Bauer, he writes for Winging It in Motown, which is the Red Wings. Don't, don't read that, boo. <laughs> just, just, just kidding, just so, kidding. a man walks up next to me as I'm texting in a suit, and I turn, and I immediately recognize him. And in that moment, my soul left my body, and I just blacked out. I, like, I... I lost complete control as something else took over and Ryan Carpenter is standing next to me and I just blurt out Ryan as though I know him <laughs> like we are close personal friends who are just happen to bump into each other how strange and I just Ryan and he turns and he's on the phone and he gives me the dirtiest look and I go like in my brain I went Oh shit. Because I knew that his wife at this point is severely pregnant. Like, popping at any moment pregnant and back in San Jose. And I was like, oh my god, he's probably talking to her right now. I am the biggest asshole. And I just immediately launched into like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I like, I, and he just turns away. Doesn't say a word to me. Just turns away. And the light changes and we cross the street. So, Bob's is like, at the front of the bar there's like all these steps. And uh, I start to go up the steps. Ryan Carpenter also starts to go up the steps. So I stop. And I text Kyle and I said, get here right now so I don't look like I'm stalking Ryan Carpenter. <laughs> and so I'm waiting for him. Bunch of the other Barracuda guys come up. Troy Grosnick um, walks in. A bunch of the guys who were scratched. I think that um, Noah Road was there. Uh, just all of the, the healthy scratches that night came in. A bunch of the coaching staff. And I'm still waiting on my friend Kyle. And finally, Kyle comes up. And so Kyle and I are standing outside the bar trying to figure out where we're going to go. Ryan Carpenter is still at the top of the stairs. So we determined we're going to go to this bar a couple blocks away. We're going to walk, whatever. And I was like, hold on. I'm going to say, like... Like, I'm going to go apologize to Ryan Carpenter, right? Because I just, like, screamed at this dude on the street. <laughs> and it was really embarrassing. So I start to go upstairs, and he starts to head in. And I was like, never mind, never mind. Where are we going? And we pull up Google Maps to try and find out how we're going to walk there. And as we're doing that, Ryan Carpenter actually turns around and goes down the stairs. And so I was like, okay, he's walking by me. This is just my chance. I'm just going to apologize. I feel really, really bad. So I, you know, I kind of tap him on the arm and I, I was like, hey, I, I want to apologize for yelling at you <laughs> earlier. I just, um, I was surprised to see you. I'm a really big fan. We met in San Jose because I had gone to San Jose in January and um, we had met after a practice, took a picture together, stuff like that, you know, whatever. So I was like, we met in San Jose. I'm a really big fan. 
And I just wanted to say, like, congratulations. You had a really great playoffs because he was amazing in the Barracuda playoffs. Uh, you know, so his his face completely changed. He was smiling. He was like, oh, thank you. Like, thanks for coming so far to see us. I think he thought that I flew out from San Jose, which he probably felt bad at that point. <laughs> that, like, I traveled so far. Um, so he's like, you know, thank you for coming all this way to see us. Like, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, congratulations. And, uh, you know, and he... <laughs> He, he was just like you. And he turns, or he goes to, like, he, like, shakes my hand. And he goes to walk past me. And in, like, the saddest voice I have ever heard another human use. Like, I can't even replicate it if I tried. <laughs> he says, like, in passing, just, sorry we lost. And, like, my heart just, like, fell through my stomach and out of my body. Like, that was just, it was so brutal. And, like, <laughs> like I went from harassing him onto the street to making him the saddest human being in the world. Like, now he thinks, not only am I some crazy stalker, but also he let me down. <laughs> and so I just walked away from that encounter feeling like the biggest jackass. But uh, he's he's super nice, <laughs> and I am an awful person <laughs> for making him feel so bad. Oh, too good. Ryan Carpenter, good guy. He is. He C. Really <laughs> creepy stalker. Yeah. Ryan! God, I cannot believe that happened. But he handled it well, like a champ. Well, really, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about Ryan Carpenter because he played like a hot minute in San Jose. So yeah, we'll just leave Ryan. We'll just leave Ryan Carpenter alone for now. Uh, yeah, Do, I, we, Pete, we wish him the best. I think. Yeah, deuces to yeah. Carpy deuces. See deuces you later. Deuces to Carpy deuces. You're probably not gonna ever factor into my life ever again. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks. Hopefully, for the hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> you have memories with him um two, hopefully he doesn't like just fall into a weird pit of sadness in vegas because they have no idea what they're doing and like get scratched constantly i'd like to see him play yeah that's my hope he plays badly because of all of the the strippers and cocaine yeah ryan carpenter in vegas is like that um that one woman from wife swap the <laughs> they're not christian <laughs> you know what i'm talking about <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking oh. about? Please say yes. No, but it sounds funny. Oh my god! I'm gonna send you this video later. But yeah, this basically this super super Christian lady got uh, just like it's wife swap. Have you seen that show? Nope. Oh, okay. So I know what it is. Yeah, you don't need okay, to explain you know the wife swap to me. Wife swap for anyone who doesn't basically wives get swapped and they have to set new rules for their on new a tv families. show in a completely wholesome way not in yeah. a weird reddit porn um, kind of except way except there was this episode with this crazy christian lady and like she just kept screaming about how everything was demons and they're not christians <laughs> and oh. it was hilarious <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever oh. so that's what i imagine that ryan carpenter in uh vegas is gonna be like <laughs> Oh, poor guy. I, I bet you he's not even super that super religious. No, we're just we're going just off one thing like, he did. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan Carpenter, see you later. Um, moving moving north of the border, the Calgary Flames. God. Here's here's a good one for you. Now, men of a certain age will remember this player. If you're new to the Sharks in the last couple of years, you won't. Freddie Hamilton, and yes, his name is Freddie. It's not Frederick. It's Freddie. Uh, Freddie Hamilton has, shares a last name with a guy named Doug Hamilton. That's his brother. Doug Hamilton, really good at hockey. Freddie Hamilton, not good at hockey. Freddie, Freddie Hamilton, Hamilton was. 
Got was it. drafted by the Sharks, and then played 11 games in 2013-14, had no points, had two penalty minutes. <laughs> then in 2014-15, played one game with the Sharks and got traded to Colorado. <laughs> Wasn't he? He barely was, qualifies as a familiar face because he was just not there. Right? Was he part of the Jamie McGinn package, or am I making that up? To Colorado, uh, you could be making that up, but I will check his Wikipedia what year here. Was that? Freddie Hamilton? Oh no, that was Freddie Hamilton. See, the thing yeah. is, Freddie Hamilton's been in my life for a couple years because I'm a Sharks nerd, but he's only 25. Yeah. And I could have been making that Dougie Hamilton thing up too, but I don't no. think I am. He it looks like he was. Yeah, traded. he's the brother of Dougie Hamilton. He was. N- Why did his no. parents name him them Freddie and Dougie? Yeah, that's terrible. Can you not just go with Frederick and Douglas? <laughs> so he was not actually part of the Jamie McGinn package. He was a couple years later. He was traded for Carl Stollery. Oh, Carl Stollery also sucks. Yeah. Wow. He so, played his first NHL game against the Red Wings on a line with Joe Thornton and Thomas Hurdle, who was also a rookie. Jesus. Very weird. Freddie Hamilton. One of those things is not like the other. <laughs> has one of those faces that like, like his eyebrows are so strong that sometimes it's like, okay, dang, I see what you're doing, and sometimes it's like this dude might kill me in my sleep. Like that's his face does one of two two modes. There's a picture of him with like a beard, and he looks kind of sad at his locker. Yes, and he I'm looks pretty at good. The same picture. Yes, he looks kind of fine there, right? But then, good, like, good for Freddie. Literally, like, I'm, two I'm not gay, but I can recognize when somebody's I mean, looking good. Sometimes, like, Fred, Freddie's looking good. Every other picture looks horrifying. That Sharks jersey one, like, yikes. <laughs> That's not cute. That's not a good look for him. No. All right, Freddie, you had a cup of coffee with the Sharks. We don't need to spend yeah. more time on you. <laughs> no. Um, he, 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 he's in and out of the league. Anaheim, none, and that's the way it should be. Anaheim doesn't get any of our players. Up yours, Anaheim. Although do you they have do any strong have, Anaheim thoughts? Don't they have the other Brzezinski in their system or something? Like, they have a relative of a shark split, or a shark system guy. I might be making that up. I don't know. There's none on the active roster. No. They just have a... Mostly because their active roster is all injured and or rat-based of the family. (laughs) Fair. So Anaheim is done. Moving on to Edmonton. Edmonton technically has no players, but we would be remiss to not mention everybody's favorite long-tenured coach, Todd McClellan. (laughs) Not so easy to coach with not a good team, is it, Todd? Yeah. Uh, How do you like them apples? Cam Talbot can't play 70 games a year. Who knew? They get our coaching sloppy seconds. Yeah, and they got Jay Woodcroft. (laughs) Whatever. Cool. Those guys are like a married couple. Side note. Todd McClellan. I was super into Todd McClellan when he got hired, and like he did really well in early on, and then it just seemed like he was just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and decided that goalies need to play 70,000 games a year. Yeah. There's no love. Not yeah. that I, I. Who would you rather have, McClellan or DeBoer? Uh, long term, maybe McClellan, but short term, DeBoer. Yeah, if you get two years of DeBoer, I'll take it. But like, if you want like a franchise coach kind of thing, you got to go McClellan. Yeah, I think. I don't know because Todd McClellan. you figure if he's there long enough, he's getting different players. He might. You might have a GM that works decently with him in terms of getting. <laughs> That GM is not Peter Trello. No, no. Side note, I was wrong about the Brzezinski thing. That was, uh, that's actually LA. They have the other one. Oh, but, cool. Yeah. LA. Anyway. Hands off our players. Well, it's not even our player. It's just a brother of our player. But anyway. That's close enough. Yeah. They're all in the family. It's like, it's like the mafia. Yeah. They're all like part of the family. Get out of here. So yeah, McClellan, uh, whatever. 
Like, <laughs> whatever. I I do enjoy watching him in the uh, the Road to the Stadium series. I still watch that every once in a while. <laughs> like, it's just so entertaining. He he chews gum furiously. Yes. Like he is mad at that gum. <laughs> yes. He's he's entertaining at it. So, thanks for that. Todd. Thanks for the memories, Todd. Also, you've had the same haircut for 20 years. Switch it up, buddy. <laughs> Try something new. All right, moving on. Let's move to the Central? Yes. The Central's easy. Let's just ring off these teams. St. Louis, none. Winnipeg, none. Dallas, none. Nashville, <laughs> technically none, but we can all be sad about Nick Bonino. The, the shark that so, never was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like the great if you've ever seen hot tub time machine he's like the great white buffalo i've never seen that movie but <laughs> they they, t- they make this concept like the girl that got away that they should have married or whatever is the great white buffalo and they just keep saying great white buffalo and so nick bonino's our great white buffalo <laughs> i'm trying to look up where he got oh he's from farmington high school in Connecticut. oh no that's not detroit never mind no. uh he was a boston university guy he was drafted 173rd overall by the San Jose Sharks. His rights were later traded to the Anaheim Ducks with Timo Peelmeyer in exchange for Travis Blacksnake Moen and Kent Huskins. Holy <laughs> Christ, that is a bad trade. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Timo Peelmeyer, I've never even heard of this human being before in my life, so whatever. <laughs> Travis Moen is a goon and Kent Huskins sucks. <laughs> yep. We, and we could have had Benino. Nick yeah. Benino would still be on the Sharks. He would st- 100%. He would be the third-line center on the Sharks. He would have solved the third-line center issues, and Thomas Hurdle could have played first-line wing to his heart's delight. Can you imagine a team with Joe Thornton and Nick Benino? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, Nick Benino solves solves things. He penalty kills. He could put him on the power play. He scores some goals. He works hard. I'm, like, a little emotional just imagining what could have been. So, oh, we are... Why the- did they trade him for Kent Hoskins? <laughs> we are in the darkest timeline. <laughs> if Greg Wyshynski is hitting people up for alternate histories next year, let me write that one. <laughs> oh my god, the Nick Benino. Yes, the shark that <sighs> never was. Another technically not a sh- former shark, but also a former shark, Minnesota has Charlie Coyle, who oh. we, we gave oh. up for Brent Burns, which at the time seemed smart. I'd still do it. I mean, yes. But Charlie Coyle is so good. At the same time, though, Charlie Coyle, like, and this is just as someone who watches a lot of Minnesota hockey, you have to wonder how much of Charlie Coyle is a result of that system of, because Minnesota, they get a lot of NCAA guys. So, like, there's just a very specific system there. And then also his line mates and everything, how much of that influences how good of a player he is. So... It, I mean, I, I liked I liked Charlie Coyle when they drafted him, and if you played like NHL 2010 or whatever the hell it was, you could always <laughs> trade Charlie Coyle for a lot of things on that game. Yeah. <laughs> he was like one of those prospects with the huge ratings, so you could like straight up just like trade him for like Jason Spezza and a second round pick, and you'd be like, cool. Yeah, I think you look back on it though, and it's one of those things that's frustrating that he got traded away because he's a more exciting kind of draft pick. That I mean, I wouldn't put him but, up there with like. Like Logan Nick in terms of like yeah, and like terms of like game breaking, you know. But he's still. We've said this before that we have this overload of Chris Tierney's and a team of Tierney's, and he he's better than a Tierney. He is far better than a Tierney. So yeah. So it's it's just kind of frustrating looking back on but it that the, we got rid of him. You, at the same time, you can't really fault him. We got Brent Burns. He's been good. We yes. wreck on him now, but there's no reason to think that Brent Burns won't pull out of it. He may not. Still, we got some sweet years of Brent Burns. 
I you you can't you can you can wonder but you can't hate. Is that fair? Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, it's not it's not something you can just be angry about. Right. Minnesota also has Alex Stalock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, Who just beat the Sharks? Yeah. Yes, he did. And the thing is, when they they first picked him up, because okay, so he was part of the. We'll, we'll track his little journey. He was part of the package because there were two trades involved that brought James Reimer, Nick Spalling, and Roman Polak to the Sharks. And he was part of that series of trades. And he ended up immediately getting sent down to the Toronto Marlies. For good reason. Yes, because he's not a good goalie. So then... He did uh, he, he did come back from a devastating gross injury. So, respect. But, word. But you just... Not great. So he was about to hit free agency that year and ended up signing with the Minnesota Wild, immediately signing like with the intention of playing for the Iowa Wild. I think he played two games with Minnesota that year, but for the most part he was with Iowa. Did actually really, really well in Iowa. So like all credit to him, he did work. He he made a comeback for sure. So, and now he's like the full because Dubnik's hurt, right? That I actually haven't paid attention to. I, I'm not sure because Stalock's played hurt. two games in a row, and it doesn't make sense that he's played two games in a row. So I think Dubnik might be hurt. There's some weird stuff going on in Minnesota. He's getting a look. Good for him. Yeah, he he's had a journey. Michael Russo, uh, formerly of the Star Tribune, now he writes for the Athletic. He did a whole piece on Stalock's kind of comeback and everything, and how he kind of blames himself what happened with the Sharks and them seeing him as expendable and it does suck you like you don't want to be the guy that gets traded away so that your team can make it to the Stanley Cup final <laughs> you know <laughs> and like, they did and that was the determining factor because as we've discussed before James Reimer being able to take on those 10 games or whatever at the end of the season are what allowed Martin Jones to be the goalie that he was in that that series it, exactly so so, so it can be a nice redemption story uh, thanks, Alex Daylock, for letting us get to the Stanley Cup final <laughs> by leaving. <laughs> the, the, the old uh, addition by subtraction method. Yes, but I do, I, as much as it sucks that we lost to him the other night, I actually, I think it's awesome that he's, you know, been able to come back the way he has. I mean, he's, he's gotta be what, like, closing in on 30, right? Like, he's... Alex? Old, old, old Stales? He's not um, that old, is he? I don't know. On Wikipedia, as we talk, okay. Alex Stalock is. Uh, see, it's really hard to come up because he doesn't come up right away when you type in Alex St. Like Alex Steen and random other Canadian goofs come up. His middle name is Desmond with a Z. Cool. He is thirty on the nose. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's oh, why I thought. Fun fact. Were... Fun fact. He's he's from St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. You didn't know that? Why would I care about where Alex Daylock is oh from? God. I care about people from the U.S. playing hockey. You got to remember, you're American, I'm Canadian. I could tell you a That's lot true. about, like, Wayne Gretzky's also, hometown. I just love hometown stories. So, so like, Matt Cullen coming back to the, the Minnesota Wild and stuff like that's. Awesome. Matt Cullen still being in the NHL deserves an applause. <laughs> Get on you. So, anyway, he's he's got a couple good years left. So good for him for sure. We'll we'll see what happens to him. Back and you know, yeah, yeah. Um, moving moving, moving slightly <laughs> east. Yeah, move moving on from Alex Daylock, like the Sharks organization <laughs> did. Moving slightly east, the Chicago Blackhawks employ Tommy Wongles. <laughs> Tommy Wongles, uh, he's still a thing. 
What has not been said about Tommy Wingles over the 900 years he played in San Jose? Right. Here's the thing. Like, because I feel like no matter what, Pete DeBoer and Doug Wilson are always going to feel like they have something missing if they don't have a gritty dude on, on the Sharks. They, they're they always going to feel like like they just they can't can't get to that get there i mean, i am words are hard right now i they can't get over the they can't get over the hump yeah they, there's just something missing and i appreciated that tommy wingles offered something other than face punching he wasn't a liability i don't think in the way that michael haley often was or no. John Scott was. Or Mike Brown or Rafi Torres. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Adam Burrish. He's a player that I feel like if you're going to have one of those kind of players, Tommy Wingles is kind of the ideal, right? Yeah, and I just want to shout out a f- another former Shark who played with the Chicago Blacks who's not in the league anymore. He wore number 69 for the Sharks, Andrew Desjardins. <laughs> it's the greatest thing he's yeah. ever done. <laughs> yes. I saw him play. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> oh yeah, I want an Andrew Desjardins 69 jersey so bad because I'm a straight white 29 year old male, a uh, 28 year old male. I don't even know how old I am, and that would just be the funniest thing of yeah. all time to me. Oh, um, yeah. Andrew. Also, I saw the Leafs play the Sharks, obviously because they go every year, and Tommy Wingles absolutely ended Matt Hunwick's life. <laughs> I think it was Matt Hunwick or somebody like that. They absolutely ended his life at the blue line. Like he received a pass, skated two strides, picked his head up, and saw. It the Andrew Desjardins steam locomotive coming down the tracks and he ruined him. There's a, there's a saying in hockey called a yard sale. It's when like your gloves and your stick and your helmet and stuff fly all over the place. It was a hundred percent a nice Toronto yard sale. It was awesome. I stood up and cheered. My friend even cheered because it was so great. It was so funny. That's my Andrew Desjardins memory in that. And he wore 69. Good for him. Not in the league anymore. He is also from Sudbury and he made out with my ex-girlfriend once. Nice. Full circle. Going back to Tommy Wingles, I do, <laughs> I just, every time I think about Tommy Wingles, I think about how sad Tomas Hurdle is just oh, in his That's really hard to do, because Tomas Hurdle's like the happiest person of all time. Right, well, and Tommy Wingles was his best friend. Oh, really? Yes, did you, have you watched any of The Deep? N- no. Oh my god! I'm going to send you so many links. They did a whole episode on, it was called Tommy and Tommy, and it was on their <laughs> friendship. You don't know about peas and carrots? Oh, well, that's nice. Oh, my God. Tommy, Vag- Tommy vaguely referred to them as being peas and carrots, like, that they go together, they're like peas and carrots. They're, they were best friends, and, like, you know, Tomas Hurdle sometimes is, like, hard to understand, like, just language barrier like and stuff. Like, Tommy Wingles was, like, the Tomas Hurdle whisperer. Like, he knew, oh. like, you know, like, he, he could just, like, he was who, who kind you, of, like, the, the translator or whatever, you know? Who do you think Hurdle's best friend on the team is now? Donskoy. And I'm sure there's <laughs> hilarious miscommunication involved. <laughs> I bet you they both speak a little bit enough of, like, one common language. Like, they both speak, like, German enough that they can get by. Uh, I love it. Yeah, so that that trade literally broke my heart for that reason. I was like, Tomas Hurdle is going to be so sad. And actually, he tweeted when Tommy Wingo oh, was that Oh, was that the, was that the colon apostrophe sad face? Yes. The old school emoji crying? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Poor Thomas. 
Yeah. Oh, poor Hurdle. You have to watch that episode. It's really, like, it's so cute. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it okay. out of respect for the memory of Tommy Wingles. Thank you. Rest in peace um, to Tommy Wingles. He's not dead. He just has to play in Chicago. Well, his career's going to be dead because the Blackhawks suck. Yeah. yeah, I said it. Yeah. I said it. Chelsea Dagger's a horrible song. Fight me. <laughs> anyway, he scored one goal against the Predators last year in the playoffs. What are you doing? Dynasty my ass. You can't, you can't keep calling it a dynasty if you win three cups in seven years, then eight years, then nine years. Get out of here. Anyway, I have strong Blackhawks thoughts. Anyway, Colorado. Yeah, fairly forgettable uh, fourth liner. That's whoa, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. He is not forgettable. He is from Long Beach. I said fairly forgettable fourth liner. Randy Hahn disagrees. <laughs> Long Beach native, Matt Nieto. Did you know that Long Beach isn't a city anymore? Really? It got amalgamated into LA and lost its status. Interesting. Yeah. I, I have one of, um, I don't know if you follow them on Twitter, but at Hockey Babbler. No. <laughs> um, they, do, they do a bunch of sharks art and stuff. Oh. And I have a pillow that they designed that's like, it says Long Beach native Matt Nieto on it. It's got this little cartoon shark. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's also really sad that Matt Nieto's one notable skill with the sharks, actually there was two. One, everybody knows him as Long Beach native Matt Nieto. Second, if you pay attention to Fear the Fin last year, it was all Nieto versus Haley, and why is it Nieto playing? Yes. Now, yes. now they're both gone. Nobody yep. argues anymore on the site. <laughs> yep. Um, Matt Nieto gave us the best Christmas video ever. We're going to bring this up every, like every other person. We're just going to talk about Holiday Sweater because yeah. he wrote it like... <laughs> Neats Beats <laughs> is what he calls himself. Uh, <laughs> That's so lame. I know. I love him. He also grew a wicked mustache last year. <laughs> like, oh, he did the. Didn't he do a lip reading with uh, Dylan DeMello? And, like, okay, so. I hope so. I'm pretty sure he did. And, um. <laughs> I have a friend that I joke about this all the time that. Um, when I go to interview players, I have to Google their faces and come up with something like memorable about their face because all white men look the same to me. They fall into one of two categories. They're either brunette men or they're blonde men and they all look the same. I literally, I have such a hard like time telling white men apart and I don't know why. So I watched that video of them lip reading and like, I, I, like, I have been a Sharks fan. I know that they are different people. And still, my brain is just, like, they look too similar. And, like, my brain was glitching. Because <laughs> I, think, I think they both had mustaches in it. And they both just have the jet black hair. And I was, like, I, like they had the same haircut. And I was just, like, I can't. Like, is, why do they have Matt Nieto talking into a mirror? I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> I love that we just talked about for like three to five minutes on Matt Nieto and we never once talked about him on the ice because there's nothing to talk <laughs> about. It really isn't. I mean, the Sharks lost him for nothing, right? He went through waivers because no one wanted to give anything up for him. So, yep. uh, yeah. I think his He's like a shittier version Sharks, of Ryan Carpenter. Yeah, his last year with the Sharks, he didn't get a fair shake because they were no, so stuck they, on the Michael Haley employed thing. Michael Haley. Yes, and that I think that sucks. Like I, I hate that about that whole situation. I, you know, I don't know. I just you don't want to see a player that you genuinely like. Like not like um, like because goons are always kind of liked in the room because they have to be to get away with what they do. 
but like a player like Matt Nieto who they showed... They fight people on your behalf. Of course you're going to like them. Right. Matt Nieto who showed promise and everything and had these kind of blips of genius at times, but very few and far between. Like, you just don't want to sour the relationship that that guy has with the organization and knowing that that happened. Like, I just, I feel bad for him. You know, like, I think that last year played out so horribly for him and it sucks, but... Yep, now he's in Colorado. (laughs) Yeah, so... At least he can smoke a shitload of weed. (laughs) Drown his sorrows. Uh, Oh, my favorite story about Matt Nieto, though, is when he first landed in Colorado, he had never seen snow before. Well, he, he didn't know how to Long Beach. He didn't know how to drive in snow, and that's hilarious to it's me. It's like it's like driving in not snow except slower. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, there's a snowstorm literally going on right now. I had to drive home. I I live like a half hour from where I work. I almost died three times. Anyone? That's because who... you were in Indiana. <laughs> Anyone who is shitting on uh, the tr- Detroit Red Wings right now for their attendance because there's like nobody at the game that's going on right now. There's literally like it is a horrible snowstorm. I almost crashed my car three times driving like a half hour, and most people drive over an hour to get to uh red wings games so yeah if you I, should... can, I can con- i can confirm because i'm four hours east and we're also getting snow pounded yeah yeah so if you're you're shitting on attendance there you suck as a person but like just the idea that manio's never driven in snow like it's terrifying if you've never done it and you you don't have like a I mean, I'd imagine he has a decent vehicle because he plays in the NHL, but, like, if you've just never done it, like, you don't know how to control your vehicle in the snow, that's some scary stuff. (laughs) So, poor Matt Nieto. (laughs) Matt Nieto got a raw deal, and now he plays for Colorado. The rawest of deals. (laughs) I was going to say he got rawed, and that that means something else. Um... Anyway. Interesting. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> if we if we if we move on to the worst named division in all of sports, the Metropolitan Division, get out of here, Gary Batman, you drunk ass. <laughs> anyway, this one will be really easy. Ready? Washington, none. Columbus, none. New York Rangers, none. Pittsburgh, none. Carolina, none. Philly, none. New Jersey. Let me offer up though as a worst named division. ECHL, there's a mountain division. That's terrible. <laughs> a, a pardon? There's the mountain division. No, no. The pardon? The what? The, the mount- mountain division? Mountain. What yes. are they doing? <laughs> That's, is it like, just like, is it like Denver, Boulder, uh, <laughs> Colorado Springs? Wichita, I know, is in it. Kansas City. They're not even close to the mountains. Well, that's they're the mountain division. I reject, it. I reject this premise. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I, I just had to offer that up as a worst division name. I, I, wanted, only I wanted specifically <laughs> mountain-based cities. <laughs> I'm sorry. So our two former Sharks in the Metro division, New Jersey, has former... Defensive prospect. Mirko Mueller. <laughs> Mirko Everybody's Mueller. favorite Swiss board player. Just kidding. It's Timo Meyer. Dude looks like a giraffe. Poor Mirko. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to point that out. He, actually, he's got a really long neck. Apparently, he's really nice, though. Yeah. Actually, my friend Lauren, she was a really big Mirko Mueller fan. And she went to a Barracuda game and had, like, a sign that said, like, take a selfie with me because she was, like, right by their entrance or whatever. And he, like, I guess the rest of the team was, like, pointing at it because it had his name on it and everything. And they were, like, giving him a hard time because, I mean, how many Mirko Mueller fans do you know, right? Uh, (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Right. So they were kind of razzing him about it. But he actually did go over and take a selfie with her. He was really nice. So, yeah. 
he's a nice dude, I've heard. Yeah, he. Uh, the Sharks ruined him. They drafted him. We were like, you're going to play in the NHL right away. Yeah, we just uh, don't trust nope. the Sharks Shouldn't have done that. defensemen. Yeah. He, yeah, I I have, like, no Mueller thoughts besides he got ruined. See you later. I don't yeah. know how they got the return they did for him, but whatever. Thanks, New Jersey. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And especially for, like, New Jersey's so good at their rebuild. Like, how did we still manage to fleece them? I don't know, but we did. Doug Side- Wilson magic. Yeah. Side note, and I, I'm mad because I was going to talk about someone who isn't currently playing in the league, and I forgot when we did Vancouver, but he posted a picture of a giraffe and tagged Mirko Mueller in it, which is why it made me think of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, James Shepard got a Oh, Shep. Yeah, with the Canucks last year. I don't know what he's doing now. I could probably look that up. But he got a PTO with the Canucks last year. I can tell you year. one thing. It's not ATVing. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, so he, he got a PTO with the Canucks, and I was like, oh, he's still alive and doing things. He's there. Uh, he's 29. All right. He is playing yeah. uh, abroad. Yes. Probably in, like, he's, Germany. Yep, that's what it looks like. So, that's sad. He got he got drafted ninth overall. Was supposed to be really good, and then ruined his knee and never lived up to his potential. But he was actually pretty good in San Jose. I, yeah. I, I kind of liked him. He was good. I liked it. I liked what he brought. I liked the things he did. Was not good with the Rangers. James Shepard. Fourteen games. <laughs> well, nobody's good with the Rangers. Yeah, that's fair. Did he? Was he? Hold on. There's nothing. Whatever. Mirko Mueller. He was drafted by the Wild. Was he part of the? Yep. Because he came over the same time as Brent Burns. No, okay, it was two yeah. separate deals. Okay, that's why I, I was confused. But yes, okay, yeah. So he's another big personality guy that I liked, right? Like I, I really liked him personality-wise. He's funny. The, the video I've referenced before, the Happy Thanksgiving video, like Jason Demers sits down to talk to him and he just like puts his arm around him like very casually <laughs> he's like is that your move and he's like yeah <laughs> and he talks about is that it. your his, move yes yeah how his uh neighbor makes this like casserole or something he's like it's a wendy turner original <laughs> and jason is just like oh uh shouts to wendy like it's very funny like their their personalities are really good he's also i believe james wendy- shepherd is in holiday sweater right yes and when the sharks were on Kitchen Nightmares, he was also in that. He was not the. Oh, he just seems like a good dude. Like I want to have a Jesus beer with James Shepard. Yes, yeah, and that's that's why. Like when he posted that giraffe picture of Mirko Mueller, I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like he's just really. Also, he's it's a so funny. funny. Yeah, it's so funny. We talked more about James Shepard and his giraffe picture than Mirko Mueller, and that says everything <laughs> yes, you need to know about Mirko Mueller. Just for the record, yeah. he is doing awful in New Jersey this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Anyway, moving <sighs> moving on from Mirko yeah. Mueller. So I have conflicting thoughts. New York Islanders, Thomas Grice. I, my mom's from Germany, and I am partial to German players. Shout out to Leon Dreisaitl. Just like a gimmick, a fun thing. I like them. This one's kind of thing because he tweeted really, really hateful, hateful things this summer. Uh, or last yeah. summer during the presidential election. So I don't really get it. Yeah. I have nothing more to say on Thomas Grice. Yeah, like that was really bad. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sad about him being gone. You're you're pretty good at goaltending. You're all right. You were a backup. You went on. You did some horrible things this summer with tweeting. Don't tweet. Don't meet your heroes. Let's yep. just move on. <laughs> so that wraps up the Metro. Atlantic, Tampa Bay doesn't have anybody. The Atlantic. <laughs> 
Tampa Bay has nobody. Detroit has nobody. Ottawa has nobody. And Buffalo. You forgot about Buffalo, like everybody nobody. else in the league. Yeah. <laughs> so both figuratively but, and literally on their team, they have nobody. Although Buffalo might. Oh wait, you know who Buffalo does have actually in their system, not on their team, but in their system, Matt Tennyson. He got sent down to their AHL. Oh. Yep. Former, former lover of C, Matt Tennyson. Stop. Former junior shark and former shark, Matt Tennyson. Yeah, he's not good. No. Well, Ryan Reeves. He, he got he got he got let career. go or traded because he just wasn't good. I mean, yeah, Ryan Ryan Reeves yeah. is to blame for that because he was a I mean a serviceable bottom pairing defenseman. Now he's not really even serviceable. Like he. He, he got concussed and it, it ruined his his career. So yeah, yeah. Buffalo does have he's a, it, it's a unfortunate, shark. but whatever. Yeah. Eh. So who do you want Boston? To, Let's do Boston. Boston. Okay. Boston is interesting because they don't actually have a player on their team right now that played for the Sharks, but they have Sean Curley, 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 whatever his stupid name is, and we traded him for Martin Jones. Shout out to Peter Chiarelli or Don Sweeney. I don't know. Boston's just had bad GMs forever. I think it was Don Sweeney. Just like finger guns at Boston. Like, thanks, bud. <laughs> and like a wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that one. Martin jo- LA, LA would refuse to trade Martin Jones in division, so they traded him to Boston, and literally two hours later, Don Sweeney turned around and traded him to San Jose. It's the best maneuver of all time. Uh, didn't they? Hold on, because... Didn't they get him for Milan Lucic? <laughs> Wasn't that part of that trade? Or am I making that up? Did he sign with them that year? I don't know what they Hold traded on. for him because I remember thinking, oh, good for Martin Jones. He's going to be a backup behind Tuka Rask. And then all of a sudden it was like, Martin Jones is a shark for Sean Curley and something else. I'm going to look this up because I'm pretty sure he was part of that trade. And that's even funnier that like the Bruins unloaded <laughs> Milan Lucic. Yep. Leach was traded to Los Angeles in exchange for Martin Jones, Colin Miller, and the thir- 13th overall pick. Oh my god. Yeah. For Milan all, Lucic? All of that for Milan Lucic, and then they flipped Martin Jones. <laughs> oh, oh LA is the big loser out of this. That's yes. Awesome. Absolutely. And then they oh, only got that him is for great. What, one year or two years? Who cares? One it was year. one too long. Yeah. Los Angeles only got him for one year, too. Like, it wasn't even... Like, they lost all of that for one year of Milan Lucic. Well, Amazing. I think they, they were convinced that they were going to re-sign him, and then they're like, wait, you're not that good, and you don't fit in with yeah. our system, so let him go to Edmonton, where he still doesn't fit in because he's bad at hockey. Yeah, but he makes a lot of money. All right. He does make a lot of money. Uh, so, Montreal, they have... <laughs> Schlemdog Millionaire? I don't know who to start with. Who's funnier? <laughs> well, I just gave I like Schlemmer you... a good nickname, so I was I was actually gonna say Schlem Dog Millionaire. That's so weird. That's amazing. <laughs> Go us. Uh... So Schlemko, who is worse than probably Joachim Ryan and Tim Heed, but at the time he was claimed by Vegas, everybody thought the sky was falling. It, me included, a thousand percent. I was like, why would you let him go? No, he does so good. And then they were like, well, we have Joachim Ryan and Tim Heed, so we're yeah, good. Yeah, I was, I was never, I, I wasn't worried. I was more worried about Vegas taking Arendelle, so I was like, whew, thank God, when they didn't. And I didn't care who, who they took at that point. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was so it, wor- it actually worked out, leaving Schlemko worked out a lot. Yeah. 
Especially because he got injured and, you know, it was just... No. Whatever. I, my funny story about Schlemko is that it was when I went to San Jose, and um, at the game, I wore my Jason Demers Sharks jersey, because that's the type of person that I am, um, in 2017. <laughs> and um, so I was wearing that jersey, and I met former managing editor Jacob Sundstrom, and after the game, he found me, and he says, I just saw a tiny baby wearing a number five jersey that said daddy on the back. And he's like, I don't know if I just saw David Schlemko's kid or the world's smallest Jason Demers fan. <laughs> he's like, but I immediately thought of you. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So maybe we saw David Schlemko's baby <laughs> or <laughs> someone. You saw a really, really weird really baby cheering for Jason yeah, Demers. <laughs> Super into Jason Demers. <laughs> Something happened in San Jose that we don't know about. <laughs> uh. oh, thanks for the memories, Dave. Yeah. Also, just the, have, the, he has that the the beardy, dark hair, and I visually, I just don't know how he's different than Demello or Nieto, and I, I it's just all very confusing huh. for me. <laughs> it's just a confusing time. <laughs> well, at least he's gone, so you don't have to confuse them. And Dylan DeMello will shortly be gone. And Matt Nieto <laughs> plays for Colorado. So, solving your issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other player that Montreal has um, is... I'm going to say the name, and then I wish I could, like, put emojis and text speak into this. Because it's anti-Niemi, and I just want to write L-O-L-O-L-O-L-L-O-L-O-L with, like, the crying emoji face where it's, like, crying laughing. God, he that's funny. just got a... Like a, a custom, win. no. Uh, I was going to talk about his helmet and his pads customized. Oh, he also just got a win. Well, there's that because he's bounced around so much this year that he's just been using white pads and a uh, white helmet. <laughs> or no, his pads, he's like I the think, make a goalie. Yeah, when he actually arrived in Montreal, I think his pads were still Pittsburgh. His helmet was white, and his pants, I think, were Florida. So, like, it was just, it was all a mess. Or maybe his, his gloves or something, off. I don't know, but yeah. He's, he let in, like, something like 10 goals for Florida and then 10 goals for Pittsburgh and stuff like that. He's not good. He shouldn't be in the league anymore. Poor Antiniemi. Yeah. Oh. So here's the thing, because this is, there was a year where I watched every single Sharks game, every single Dallas game, and every single Minnesota game. It was also a year we had no life. Yeah, no, I, like, did nothing but watch hockey. It was awesome. So <laughs> it was it was just a bad year for me. I channeled all my emotions into hockey. And when he was part of the, the goalie tandem in Dallas, that goalie tandem really did work for the regular season the first year that they did it, right? Like when they finally switched to like a true tandem because for a while, Kari Lettinen was their starter. And like anyone who shits on the Dallas goalie situation, like without actually having paid attention to Alice can just like suck it because what happened was kind of the same thing that happened with Flurry except that Flurry was able to bounce back in that Kari Lettinen had a career year was outstanding got concussed and for goaltenders that's a hard thing to bounce back from because that's your guy who is out on the ice for a full 60 minutes so then they bring in Auntie Nami who at the time was not horrible <laughs> 
He he was starting, but to, not good. No, he was starting to trend downward for sure, but uh, could still be a solid backup if they thought that Kari Lettinen maybe wasn't going to recover as well as they would hope, and he he didn't. And they had to kind of they were forced into a situation where they had a lot of money tied up in two goalies, and they had to work with a, a tandem, and it did. It did work for the regular season. That's not something that's sustainable through playoffs if you don't have two very good goalies. Antti Niemi was still pretty solid in Dallas, especially when Dallas's defense kind of tightened up. It was a lot easier for him to do his job. <laughs> but once Dallas got Ben Bishop, he became redundant. If you're getting rid of one of those guys, Kari Lettinen obviously has more history with the organization. And Kari Lettinen, I think, is still, he can be a solid backup because that's what the, his, it's his kind of injury history that is um, preventing him from really reaching his potential as a goalie. So, you know, giving him sheltered games and, you know, whatever changes your, your usage of him. With Niami, that's not a factor. <laughs> he's just, he's getting older and worse at his job. So, I mean, Antti Niemi started his career winning the Stanley Cup as a rookie, and it's literally been straight downhill. Yeah. Yep. The funny thing is that Penguins fans were, like, so quick to talk shit about Dallas's goaltending, like, two years ago, three years ago. and Rightfully so. Then they signed Niemi. Granted... They got him on a cheap contract, so, like, he can't really be and, like, oh, And they whatever. also had Matt Murray. Yeah. <laughs> they also had Matt Murray. It really helps. Not being as good as they had hoped, but anyway. No, he's he's injured. He's injured. Yeah. He's, he's he? not bad. Oh, he's yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's well, not bad. He's really good still. He's just injured. So so then Niemi is not good with the Penguins. And I think my favorite hockey tweet of the year so far that I've tweeted has been, the the penguins can wave Niemi, but they can never wave the standing points he lost them, and I think that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so just... That's awesome. I hope Pittsburgh misses the playoffs this year. Me too. I hate them. Let's go, let's go to Florida. Let's go to the sunny south. So yeah, so then he ends up in Florida because Florida is stupid. I don't know what happened. Oh, Luongo got hurt, didn't he? Is that what happened? I don't know. Florida just. Um, I think Luongo got. Hurt. I think Luongo got hurt. Is Reimer still there? What's Reimer doing yep. with his life? It's Reimer and Luongo. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think Luongo got hurt. We're really well prepared for this podcast. So Niemi started, what, like two games with Florida or something? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't was... really prepare my anti-Niemi section because it's anti-Niemi. <laughs> no, we were just, really, we planned on just being like, lol, Niemi, and moving on. But we just got to talk about specifically how bad he is. So he ends up going on waivers again, and because of all of the goalie injuries in the league, and it's so funny because every time a goalie gets injured, like, or every time anti-Niemi has gone on waivers because of the, the goalie injuries in Vegas, everyone always goes, oh, I bet Vegas is going to get him, and Vegas is, like, going to be the last team to pick him up. But, um... <laughs> So then Montreal is dealing with their own goaltending woes, and they pick him up. And, yeah, he was sad and in white gear for a long time because he was just expecting to end up on waivers as soon as they had a healthy goaltender, and then it turns out that El Montoya is dead. So they <laughs> they just are stuck with Niemi for now. So he, he finally got customized gear because he's found his forever home. Imagine, imagine he just got his gear and they put him on waivers like two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, the asterisk on the forever home is until another goalie is healthy. So, because, I yes. mean, what is Montreal's goalie pipeline? 
it's Carrie Price. Carrie Price. More Carrie Price. No, I'm just kidding. It's, this is the organizational depth chart right now. It's Carey Price, then Antti Niemi is his official backup. Al Montoya is on IR. Then it's Charlie Lindgren, who is backed up by Zach Fucale. <laughs> That's where the drop-off happens. Zach Fucale is yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be there probably through the end of the year. I mean, he'll finish out the year, I think. With yeah, because like, if Montoya didn't get hurt, it would have been Montoya, but he got hurt really badly. So yeah. uh, now it's Antti Niemi. LOL. Good luck, Habs. Yeah, dummies. <laughs> Florida. So when he was in Florida, he actually joined two other former Sharks, one of them being noted face puncher Michael Haley. Yeah. I I have exactly zero words to spend on Michael Haley. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I've spent two years talking about Mike Heal. (laughs) Mike Heal. And why do you spell Uh, your name E-A-L, you weirdo? He still comes up. Like, people still bring him up. And not even in the, like, oh, aren't we glad we got rid of him kind of sense. No, he, like, comes up and people are like, oh, he's having a career year. He has, like, seven points. Like, yeah. you put him seven up points through 28 games isn't a career points. year. Like, exactly. You can't you can't say it's a career year with seven points through 28 games. That's not a career. That's, like, like accidents. I, I know beer leaguers who could get, like, seven <laughs> points. Uh, in in, in, in the NHL in 28 games or whatever. Like, that's not impressive. Like, (laughs) God. Just, ugh. Stop talking about Michael Haley. Yeah, we just need to, San Jose just needs to get over the, they need to get over Michael Haley. Yeah. Let's get over him with Jamie McGinn. Yes! I don't, uh, he's not the least, the least of the McGinn's. I I have a fondness in my heart for Jamie McGinn. Like I said earlier, um, he has a, a genetic back condition so his career is never going to be what people have always wanted it to be like he's had such high expectations and every time he gets traded they're like maybe he can do this he was really really good actually when he got traded to arizona or signed with arizona whatever it was like right away he was actually pretty good for them at one point he was on their top line like at doing well and then he kind of regressed and it's going to be that way for the rest of his career i think just because of that, because he's dealing with He's something. the Jordan Stahl of his family. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so if we're uh, doing the Stahl brothers with the McGinn's, because two of the McGinn's are former Sharks, we have Jamie McGinn and then Ty McGinn, which his name drives me crazy because it's like one of those that sounds like words, like time again, time again. Um. <laughs> time again, time again. It sounds like an old Deep South man is like calling a baseball game. Time again. Um, and then uh, there's Brackman again. So if they He's the Eric are... Stahl of this family. <laughs> yes. He's the best again. I almost called him the best Stahl. But, well, I mean, if he is the Stalls, he is the best of the Stalls. He's actually really talented. He's with the Canes right now. And he, he just actually, I think, got the time to develop. Because, like, with Jamie McGinn, he was up and down with the Sharks immediately. Like, he was back and forth between Worcester and San Jose the second he was out of juniors. So... I think Brock McGinn got more time to develop. Um, he played with the Charlotte Checkers and got some time to really build. Time again was with the Sharks for a while. It was like a few years ago when the Sharks had a bunch of young guys that they would like just pull up for like like the Barkley Gaudreau, Mirko Mueller, where it's like they had all these random young guys up for a while and then they just sent them back down. And like we didn't yeah. hear from them for like a year. It was also he wasn't very good. Well, yes, there's that. He uh, played with the Syracuse Crunch for last year in the Tampa Bay organization. I don't think he uh, played with Tampa Bay at all. Last I don't year. think so. Ty, Ty is the Jared Stall of the family, and if you don't know who Jared Stall is, that's exactly my point. Yeah, basically. 
<laughs> so he ended up, he's actually with Arizona right now. Former, former shark in Arizona with, um, but a little, okay, that's, uh, that's putting it nicely. He's not with Arizona. He's with the Roadrunners. He's in Tucson. Um, <laughs> I'm being generous here. <laughs> and actually, Jamie McGinn and Jason Demers were traded for each other, which is really just sad, especially because Jason Demers didn't know. So Jason Demers had a... That's the um, worst part, is that he didn't know and was like, oh, damn it. Yes, so he had a modified no-trade clause. And this is going back to well before the expansion draft. Florida was looking at, you know, who they're going to protect and everything, and they had asked Demers for his no-trade list. And they there was a deal, apparently, that they were trying to do with Goodbranson in Vancouver... That didn't happen because Jason Demers was like, there's no way in hell I'm playing in Vancouver. And then he agrees to go to Arizona. He likely agreed to that because he thought he was going to play with Jamie McGinn again. <laughs> like, he thought, okay, cool. And so he called Jamie McGinn and was like, hey, man, I'm so excited to be coming to Arizona or whatever. And Jamie McGinn had to be the one to be like... I'm the person they traded you for. <laughs> That's like the most depressing but also funny story. Yeah, it's like <laughs> devastating. Hey, dude, let's rekindle our youth. Nope, just kidding. Yep, going the other way. Jamie McGinn's been in Florida. I have notifications for him on the score just so I can... Because I'm never watching Florida now. Now that they don't have Demers... It probably like, doesn't go off very often. They don't have Yager. I just don't care. It does not. He gets assists every... Like, one assist <laughs> a week or something, maybe... <laughs> that's it that's i don't get notifications for him ever so poor poor jamie mcginn <laughs> yeah it's just i think this is the first team where he really like he's just not getting a chance to succeed there he's never going to and that's not through fault of his own that is a total fault of the organization it sucks that he got traded to a team that is just garbage that they refuse to to make the organization better i mean if you're looking at legitimately trading good branson for jason demers your team is doing something wrong so yeah like because he played with the abs he played with the sabers <laughs> and then he played with arizona and he was always given those chances to succeed and do well and then he's in florida now and he does not have that poor jamie sad I think that's the most anybody's ever talked about Jamie McGinn, like in, even at like family dinners. Uh, I feel like it's a Brock centric family. Yeah, probably they. They know they they, they know that Brock's the breadwinner. Yes. <laughs> even though he's the youngest, he finally conquered that mountaintop. So let's uh, let's uh, let's do the last team in the NHL, both in my heart and on this list. So Toronto. So we got it. They have Dom they have Dominic Moore. <laughs> Oh, we went oh yeah, I forgot about Roman Polak. <laughs> That's awesome. Former shark Roman Polak, who was a leaf, and then a shark, and then a leaf again. <laughs> he is objectively and subjectively the worst defenseman in the league. Yes. He's so bad. I used to... I see my fair share of leafs. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a pylon. He, he does nothing. He's so bad, and Babcock refuses to play him. Or yeah. refuses to bench him for Connor Carrick. It's so mind-boggling. <laughs> He's so bad. He's so bad that I forgot to put him on the list that we did research of beforehand. I, and this was before I, obviously before I wrote for Fear the Fen, I used to refer to the, the Polak-Dylan pairing as San Jose Murder Squad. <laughs> because, like, he just went out there and, like, killed people. <laughs> and Brendan Dillon was just like, Oh, I gotta fight this guy now? <laughs> like, like, I gotta deal with your mess? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, you can, the best part about Roman Polak is that he'll forever be remembered as Sharks fans as 
if you look at the 2016 finals, you can be like, 55% of the blame relies on the fact yeah. that our third-pairing <laughs> defensemen were just absolutely unplayable. He is why we did not win the Stanley Cup. Um, and then they there's, had, there's some other reasons, but like that's a large reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they also have Dominic Moore. We gonna so <laughs> if you don't know who Dominic Moore is, he's played for like 11 NHL teams in 2011, 2012. He got traded at the deadline to San Jose from Tampa. Played 23 games, had six assists, played three playoff games, did nothing in those three playoff games. Dominic Moore, see you later. He signed with the Rangers. That is the end of Dominic Moore's experience with San Jose. God, his face makes me think of Matt Cullen. Like, they just, this is me not being able to tell white men apart. His picture, though, in the, the San Jose sweater, he has, like, this weird middle part going on. And he straight up looks like, like, like a 1970s school teacher without, like, the big Coke bottle glasses. Like, if you put Coke bottle glasses on him, that's exactly what I would think he is. It's like a 1970s school teacher and not, like... Like, just in a creepy way. Like, <laughs> But he, he started slicking his hair back, so that's good. <laughs> he learned he learned that that Dominic was Moore? not a good look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dom, Dominic Moore's... Like, when, <laughs> my favorite description of an NHL player is they're a journeyman. That just means that you're a veteran who held on for too long, and you're just, like, bouncing around teams. He's oh actually God. the fourth-line center in Toronto because he beat out, like, Eric Fair and other random jobbers. So... Yeah. <laughs> But we should we should shout out that Dominic Moore's wife went through a horrible health battle, and he like had to take away time from the NHL. But he came back and everything. So um, look up Dominic Moore and his wife and his story, and it'll bring it'll it'll. It's an interesting story. Yeah, you know we don't get a whole lot of the, the feel good kind of stuff, and it's what happened was really sad. But him coming out of it on the other side and everything. Well, them both of them coming out of it on the other side of it, and yeah, he yeah. I'm looking so there's at, that. Yeah, I'm looking at this picture of him from 2006, and he used to be very handsome. Started <laughs> he started balding, and it like ruined everything about his face. But oh, he used to be oh poor Dom, very handsome, like literally a decade ago. <laughs> Although it looks like maybe his his job. Oh, poor Dominic Moore lost anyway. looks. <laughs> Anyway, maybe he yeah. he he's one of those guys that's been like around the league and everything's happened to him. And he, by all accounts, he's a great guy and a great locker room guy. He's just like he played twenty three games for the Sharks, did absolutely nothing. We probably traded like a second round pick for him at the deadline, and there you go. He's what brunch the podcast, like Pete Blackburn's podcast, what they refer to as a weatherman, where like he's not actually attractive, but like. You give him a good haircut and put him in a suit, and you're like, oh, he's kind of handsome. And then you turn away and you forget what his face looks like. Like, that's that's Dominic Moore. <laughs> the, the weather, not the shitty Nick Cage movie either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like someone imagine, who's going to sit down. Imagine Dominic Moore retired. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Dominic Moore retires from the NHL and he's like, hmm, he hears this one joke from one random podcast. Like, you know what? I'm going to become a meteorologist. Jets on TV starts being a real weatherman. Like, you, <laughs> I guess I don't know that you would have this experience, but you ever, like, you watch, like, the news or something, and you, you got the guy sitting there in, like, a suit and tie, and his hair is all nice, and you're like, oh, okay, he's kind of attractive, and then, like, you change the channel, and you can't remember what that dude looks like. Like, that's that's exactly the kind of handsome that he is, where he's not actually handsome, he just cleans up good, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know him well enough. To <laughs> it's the perfect analogy for his career. He was yeah. handsome enough to be okay when he was on your team, but as soon as he left, you were like, who the hell is Dominic Moore? Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think we need to spend any more time on Dominic Moore. I think that no. brings us to the end of the podcast. Yeah. We didn't forget anyone, did we? Uh, I don't think so. All right. This was fun. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed our random ramblings about old, old, uh, old sharks old old sharks or new sharks who are now old sharks yeah <laughs> all of the the former sharks who are still kind of kicking around and a couple others eh. oh we did we did forget somebody who patrick marlowe